I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. This is the Bear of Texas reporting live from an undisclosed location deep in the heart of God Bless Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, it is good to be back because, damn it, it feels like it's been forever since I've been here to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. So, I'm going to get right to it. Well, it's been a while since since the Cowboys played. I mean, kind of feels like it's been forever since Thanksgiving came around. I mean, that Dallas losing to the Washington football team 41-16, being swept by Washington for the first time in eight years. I got to be honest, it didn't feel good, but that wasn't the reason why I was not around to... uh, well, to recap that game, the truth is, every year on Thanksgiving, there's something magical with the food that my parents cook. As soon as you're finished eating, you just feel like going to sleep, and you don't wake up until like probably 12 hours later. The food is just that delicious, and it really stuffs you up. Well, I'm going to do things a little bit different. Rather than just talk about Dallas' upcoming game in about less than 48 hours against the Baltimore Ravens, we got to talk about December because we are in the most crucial month in Cowboys football. Well, you know what? I take that back. I can't say crucial in this scenario because it's a crucial scenario when the Cowboys are actually having a good year and there's a shot of not only making the playoffs, but winning the NFC East. In the Cowboys' case, well, I say that scenario is long gone. The Cowboys are the bottom of the NFC East. And quite frankly, a lot of you are going to hate me for saying this, but I kind of need Dallas to lose all the rest of their games because at this point, the thing to look forward to is a top five draft pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. Nonetheless, I'm talking about the rest of the games, and it's like it's been a while, but the best way to recap what happened against the Washington football team, it's kind of been a problem the entire season. Lousy play calling in crucial moments. Defense making stupid mistakes, the offense not pulling through, Zeke Elliott fumbling the ball at a crucial time, giving it to the opponent, and the opponent takes advantage. The entire team, ladies and gentlemen, was one hell of a mess. How else can I say it? This team, honestly, absolutely sucks. And quite frankly, as far as coaching goes, I'm not going to say it's all on Mike McCarthy. At the end of the day, everybody deserves a bit of the blame. But Mike McCarthy is going to have to make changes to the coaching staff as soon as the season's over. Number one, Kellen Moore needs to be relieved of the play-calling duties. You know, Wiley would say this because Wiley is brave enough. And honestly, he's he's more braver than me when it comes to saying this, but... If Kellen Moore is fired, then honestly, as, as hard as it is to agree with it, it's the right thing to do. I mean, no disrespect to Kellen. I've got nothing personally against him. But look, it's not working out. The Cowboys need to make the change. Mike McCarthy needs to make the change. Quite frankly, if we're talking about making a change to the Cowboys, the number one thing to do would be for Jerry Jones to step down from the general manager position. But as we know... Because of the man's ego, with all due respect, it is not going to happen. Tough luck, ladies and gentlemen. As much as I hate saying that, we all know it's true. The man's not going to leave the GM position. But as far as Mike McCarthy goes, he's going to have to make the change. 
If he has to fire Mike Nolan as defensive coordinator, then do it. Very likely, it might be the thing to do. If he has to fire Kellen Moore, then do it. But at the end of the day, we need changes in play calling because that's been a problem. Against the Washington football team, at one point, it was fourth and inches. They freaking pass the ball. A play passing play. You don't call passing plays on a fourth and inches. You run the ball. In another scenario, they were deep in, deep in, in, in the, near the end zone. The Cowboys try a fake punt. It failed miserably. What the fuck was that? That was absolutely humiliating. This is not the way to properly call plays. That is why there needs to be a change in the offensive play calling. If you don't agree with me, just look those videos up on YouTube because quite honestly, there's no reason why you should not agree. I respect your opinions, but you have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, where I am coming from. As y'all know, I'm a sports journalist. My job and my duty is to tell you the truth, tell you the stories, get the facts straight. In long story short, just tell it like it is, and God damn it, that is exactly what I am doing. Okay. But now let's wrap up Thanksgiving, though, because we're past Thanksgiving. I'm already in the Christmas spirit, believe it, ladies and gentlemen. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll see I set up a brand new tree this year. Took my time, worked hard on it, because you know what? I love setting up the Christmas tree. Christmas is honestly my favorite time of the year. I want to God bless y'all. I want to, first of all, I want to wish everybody a happy Merry Christmas. It's still early, still got a little about less than 20 days, but you know what? I'm on the spirit. Be positive. Merry Christmas and happy holidays, Cowboys Nation, and all everybody all over the world. Now we're going to talk about the upcoming game. Now first, let's talk about the NFC East. Or perhaps I should say the NFC least. <laughs> I mean, what, what better way to call it? The New York Giants pulled off a massive upset against the Seattle Seahawks. Look, I am a Cowboys fan, but I got to admit, number one, I, I'm very happy for the Giants, honestly, because none other than my man, Colt McCoy, the former quarterback from the University of Texas, was able to lead the Giants to a win. You know what? I had a feeling he was able to do this because six years ago on Monday Night Football, back when Colt was a member of the Washington football team, he led Washington to an upset win against favorites, the Dallas Cowboys. If y'all remember that game, it was 20-17. to Colt McCoy is going to have his moments as he, when he's a starter, okay? And I've been a fan of Colt McCoy since the year 2006. I'm going to be a fan of his forever. Colt, keep up the good work. Now, the Giants are on top of the NFC East with a 5-7 and seven record. The Giants are actually on a four-game winning streak. <laughs> That's not bad, considering at one point that they were, I believe, 2-5. and five. The Washington football team, 4-7. and seven, While Philadelphia today, who, by the way, lost to the Green Bay Packers 30-16. to 16, And quite frankly, the highlight of that game, ladies and gentlemen, is that Carson Wentz was benched. Yes, that's right. He was benched. And the debate continues. Who's the worst quarterback, Dak Prescott or Carson Wentz? Well, you know what? I'm not going to get into that shit because, quite frankly, there's no need for it. But at the end of the day, at least the Cowboys going to say, you know what? They have not paid Dak Prescott. And I'm sorry that i got to bring this up one more time. But you got to understand, folks, from my perspective, I believe the Cowboys did the right thing by not paying him. But that's another conversation for another time. 
It's better to do this when Wiley, a.k.a. the Venomous Stare, is present, but today he's not feeling well, so he will be back soon. Wiley, if you're listening to this, buddy, get well soon. Looking forward to having you back on again. This game against the Ravens. I was looking up earlier. It seems that Lamar Jackson is apparently set to actually start for the Baltimore Ravens. Even if he wasn't, some might say it would be fun for the Dallas Cowboys to go against Robert Griffin III. But quite frankly, even if Lamar Jackson was not medically cleared to compete, I don't see Robert Griffin III starting because RG3 did in fact have some problems when he took over and he was replaced by the quarterback from Penn State University. I'm not sure what his name is. I apologize for that. But you know what? It does not matter anymore because according to ESPN sources, Lamar Jackson is expected to start Tuesday against the Cowboys. And can you believe that, ladies and gentlemen? Tuesday night football. (laughs) I guess as far as this whole 2020 crappy year with COVID-19, that'll be something to say to the kids and grandkids one day. There was football on a Tuesday night. That is freaking unheard of. Well, going to this game, quite frankly, I don't think Dallas has any chance. And what's interesting is that Des Bryant is set to play against this game too. Quite frankly, if he ends up having a hell of a game and he destroys this Cowboys defense, quite frankly, I'm going to be happy for him because I still have my respect for Des. And for the record, yes, Des caught it. Now, Des said that there's honestly no more hard feelings between him and the Cowboys. Although he... Excuse me. He did mention that when he was released by the Cowboys in 2018, it was, quote, personal. But now he says there's no hard feelings. He's moved on. I guess he's trying to say is, I've moved on. We all need to move on. Forget the past. Worry about the future. In Adessa's case, he's doing the right thing. And quite frankly, I'm cheering for him because I want him just to be happy doing what he loves to do. I want him to be happy playing football. So if he has a great game against the Cowboys and the, and the Ravens win, that'll be bring a little bit of pride for me because I love Des Bryant. I really enjoyed watching him play. It's a shame how things had to end between him and the Cowboys, but you know what? Just like Des Bryant, ladies and gentlemen, I have moved on. Now, with Lamar Jackson starting, and all, and all quite frankly, with all these players testing positive for the virus... You know, this has me thinking, you know, the Cowboys playing the Ravens. You know, I can't imagine if more players will test positive and, you know, from the Ravens and from the Cowboys. But if it does, you know, just take the safety precautions. You know, everybody who, who, who tests positive, my parents are with you, get well soon. It's just, it's just hard. You know, it really, to say it's hard to get through this whole pandemic drama, it's just such an understatement. I mean, it, it's been hard for me personally. I mean, 2020 really hasn't been a great year. I mean, but I'm glad for you know for all of these, all of those of you out there who are supporting this show. I really appreciate it. You're actually making me, you're making it easier for me to get through this year, despite all the stress and hell that I've been going through, you know, personal wise. But as far as this game goes, you know, and and quite frankly, believe it or not, this how bad the, even though how bad the Cowboys are, I still plan on sitting down and watching this game. Look, if there's something you need to know about me, folks, is I have to watch these games because I want to give you guys a good show. And in my opinion, I can't give you that good show unless I, if I don't watch the game. Because I do what I like to call a psychological examination. And what that means is I pay attention to the game detail by detail. Just like I mentioned earlier, that Cowboys fourth and inches, how they passed instead of ran the ball. 
It's these particular situations that I keep my eye out for because I have to talk about them. And I'm going to be honest. If that happens against the Ravens, if the Cowboys are fourth and inches, you know, in the in the Ravens' red zone and they pass instead of run the ball, you know what? As frustrating as it'll be, at the end of the day, if I were to, if I were to say I'm not surprised that this happened, well, ex- don't be surprised if I say that. I will not be surprised if the play calling again turns sour, conservatively sour. As far as the defense goes, well, you know, all I can say is if Randy Gregory has a sack or two, I'll be happy for him because he's another guy I'm deeply, deeply rooting for. And quite frankly, for that that source, that news source that said that this dude is, is battling demons, you know what? That is that's not that's not right to say. It's inaccurate. Look, Randy Gregory, ladies and gentlemen, he's not a bad person. He's not a bad person at all. The problem, you know, the tr- the truth is, the dude, you know, obviously, you know, he smoked weed. You know, he's he's had these he's failed these drug tests. But look, it doesn't make him a bad person because things could have been worse. I mean, what I don't like, ladies and gentlemen, is that. Some people are attacking Randy Gregory like all the like you know the, the stuff that he's been suspended and he has to be retained. It's all it's all like you know he did cocaine, did crystal meth, you know he killed somebody. Look, Randy Gregory is not a, is not a bad person. What he did is really, it's wrong. It was a mistake, but to call it criminal is wrong. Randy Gregory is a good person, a very good person. He's talented. He really is. If you ask me, some people might say he's overrated, but quite frankly, I think it's quite the contrary. In my opinion, Randy Gregory may be one of the most underrated defensive line in Cowboys history. So I pray that he stays out of trouble. I pray that he does not fail a drug test because, ladies and gentlemen, you may not agree with me, and it's hard for you to believe, but the Cowboys do need Randy Gregory. He can sack the quarterback. He can apply pressure. You know, Him alongside Demarcus Lawrence, that's what we need. So in this game, if he can, if he and Demarcus Lawrence can sack the quarterback, if Leighton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith can make some tackles, you know, force some turnovers, intercept the ball, recover a fumble, yada yada yada, I would love that. But for Jalen Smith, please, 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 no more stupid mistakes, no more committing fouls. Enough is enough. It's bad enough that the season, our season's already over. We still have some games to play. And quite frankly, as I said earlier, I want the, the team to lose out because I want the top five draft pick. But you know what? Let's make it losing efforts at least, okay? If we finish 3-13, and thir- we put some effort. That's a little f- thing for the bright for the future. But now I'm kind of being a little bit delusional. If the Cowboys lose out, then it's good. But you know what? Let's try not to make these embarrassing penalties because you know what? Humiliation needs to end at some limit, all right? Even though I don't see the Cowboys winning... I will talk about keys to victory. Number one, run the ball effectively, but I don't see that happening because uh, Ezekiel Elliott, I don't even know where to start. Okay, you know what? No, I do. Here's the main problem. He fumbles the ball, okay? Six times he's fumbled this year, and every time he's fumbled, the opposing team has taken full advantage, okay? If Zeke... So, so you know what? Here... Let me start off by saying, if Zeke Elliott fumbles the ball just once, the Cowboys will not win, okay? So that's a key to victory for the Baltimore Ravens. Get to the quarterback, get to Andy Dalton, sack him. You know, if you can force Zeke Elliott to cough it up, you recover, you score, that's all for the Ravens, okay? Take it for them, the best way to say it, quite frankly, is just stay in control of the game. Do not let the Cowboys do anything to you. You want to attack, you attack them. 
quite frankly, at this point, I think Tony Pollard really needs to run the ball a little bit more because Zeke Elliott's just not having it this year. And you know what? And this is early, and I plan on talking. And once the season's over, uh, I will have Wiley back, and we will talk about what needs to be fixed during the offseason. Well, you know what? I already have what Zeke, what Zeke Elliott needs to fix. And what, what Zeke Elliott needs to do during the offseason is show up to minicamp, show up to offensive, you know, to voluntary workouts, whatever. Show up to everything during the offseason, provided, of course, they happen because, you know, we're still in this pandemic. But show up to the voluntary workouts, everything. If it's happening, you show up, okay? That's the first thing to do if, if you're going to rectify all the mistakes, okay? Because 2021 has to be a better year for Zeke Elliott. And this is also provided, of course, he stays because, believe it or not, some people want him traded. And I kid you not, I've seen rumors that there's likely to be a trade. But you know what? I don't take it. I don't see Zeke going anywhere. I see him staying with the Dallas Cowboys. You know, with Andy Dalton much likely starting this game, well, he's going to feel quite at home. I mean, you know, the longtime Cincinnati Bengal, you know, played many games against the Ravens, but... You know, with the Cowboys having such a terrible offensive line, you know, remember we lost two offensive line on Thanksgiving, you know, Zach Martin being one of them. You know, Andy Dalton's going to be a dude, you know, out in the wild, you know, by himself, no protection, you know, he's going to be fighting for his life. With an offensive line that's so terrible, you know, it, it won't surprise me if Andy Dalton sacked at least six times. Or if the, if the running game, if, if both Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard can't get at least 50 yards on the running game. You know, Quite frankly, the quite simply put is all you know the Cowboys. All the odds are against them. Nothing is in their favor. And as far as you know, that goes. You know, for for Baltimore, you know, started off pretty strong, but it really hasn't been you know quite the season I'm expecting. Because right now, Baltimore is third in the in the NFC in the AFC North. So <laughs> you know, with a six and five record, but. You know, Cleveland's up is nine and three, and you know the Steelers are still undefeated. While Cincinnati is down to you know two wins, nine uh, losses, and a tie, and you know Joe Burrow out for the season, you know with a torn ACL, I believe. You know, I think at this point, you know Baltimore is really gonna fight it up. And you know, speaking of Baltimore, you know they are on a three-game losing streak, so that's why a friend of mine believes that the Cowboys still have a chance. I'm like, you know what, the Ravens may be on a three-game losing streak, but you know what. They're not in as big of a predicament as the Dallas Cowboys are. The Cowboys are 3-8, okay? It's allowed 359 points. They're close to breaking a record. The Cowboys are just awful. And quite frankly, I see the Baltimore Ravens just taking full advantage of it because that's what's going to happen. As far as the wide receiver core goes... I'm not sure who's likely to have the best game. I mean, like I said, Andy Dalton's not going to be well protected by the offensive line. It'll be amazing. I mean, it, it, it'll amaze me if Andy Dalton has at least 150 yards of passing game. It hurts me to say this, folks. It really does. But really, I'm going to quote Mr. McMahon. If, if all of you out there are wrestling fans, you're going to like hearing me give the you know hear what I think about this game. The Cowboys have. No chance in hell. Every time I say that line, guys, I'm sorry. I have to impersonate Mr. McMahon. If you want to make the quote unique, you got to say it like it is. 
And I know a lot of you don't like me because of how I have to be so critical of the team. How I mean, but you gotta understand. I'm just saying it like it is. It's my job. But I really don't see it. I don't see the Cowboys having any chance. But as like like I always say, if the Cowboys do win, I'm not gonna sugarcoat. I'm not gonna make excuses. I'm just gonna suck it up and say I was wrong. Okay. It's about being professional and just being honest, but. At this point, I have to stick with my guns. I'm not going to change my mind. I still see Dallas losing. And I see Dallas, you know, falling down to 3-9 and nine and then just drawing closer and closer to a top-5 draft pick. As far as scoring goes, well, I think the best way for me to say is I think I see Dallas losing. I'm going to have to go 35-6. Why? Because, you know, Dallas is going to be overwhelmed, especially on defense. Not only will Lamar Jackson have a good game with his arm, I think Lamar Jackson is going to run all over the field against the Cowboys. Lamar Jackson is going to take full advantage. Okay. Now, granted, against the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Ravens did lose. I know they had a chance, losing 19-14. to it was a game, well, you know, Lamar Jackson didn't start this game. As, as I'm looking at the stats from that game, Robert Griffin III, 7 for 12 for only 33 yards and a touchdown, and I believe he had that sack fumble. And it was uh, the quarterback I was thinking of from Penn State. His name is Trace McSurley. So, but, you know, at this point, I, I feel like if Trace McSurley starts against the Cowboys, you know what, I was going to say, you know what, he, this guy can have a great game against the Cowboys. He could still lead the Ravens to a victory. But at this point... Like I said, the source is saying that Lamar Jackson's likely to start, but at this point, I'm like, you know what? He is. He is. But I have to stick with 35-6, to six and, and and I think the Cowboys probably score early in the game. You know, maybe they're down 14 nothing. They get lucky enough to drive down the field and, and score a touchdown, and something happens. You know, I'm, I don't even know why I'm just calling it 6, but the point after it fails, and after that, it's just total Ravens destruction. The Ravens just dominate, and they don't even turn back. But you can just tell. As much as it's painful for me to say, guys, it really is. And and believe it or not, if if Wiley was here right now, the stuff that he would have to say about this whole situation, personally, he wouldn't like it. But like we've said before, Wiley and I, we tell the truth. Okay, we do what sports writers and journalists are supposed to do. We just tell it like it is, and we back up the facts. And quite frankly, Dallas was destroyed by a terrible Washington football team, 41-16 at home. It, it, it seems like it's been forever since that game took place, but you know what? It doesn't matter. I mean, I don't see the Cowboys changing at all this season. The injuries are too overwhelming. The Cowboys are disoriented. There's no passion. There's no aggression. There's no concentration. You know, nothing's right. That's 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 where I'm going to leave it to. There's nothing right going on for the Dallas Cowboys. So therefore, they lose this game, and they lose out the rest of the season. Best way I can say it. I mean, there's nothing else to say. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up for this week. I'd like to remind everybody that Cowboys Talk is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. 
I want to thank you all very, very much for listening to me tonight. I apologize that my good friend, Wiley, a.k.a. the Ven Mystere, was unable to join me this evening. Again, he is not feeling well. Wiley, hope you feel better soon. Ladies and gentlemen, tune in for the next episode. Until then, the Bear of Texas signing off. Good night, everybody, and stay warm.